Good morning. All right. If you guys haven't figured this out by now, if I don't get like a good enough response, I'm going to make you do it like eight more times. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. All right. I'll take it. How's everybody doing today? Good. It is a beautiful day outside. I have a few announcements for you, and then we're going to get into worship. Uh, just a couple of things. Um, if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, uh, ECCN has changed their email address. So if you have tried to email me, I have probably not gotten it. So please look to your bulletin for that. The new email address is infoalirianaz at gmail.com. If you do the other one, you're not going to get a response. Also, um, there's some books that Pastor George left behind, and if you want to go through any of those, please contact Beth at the church office, and she will make sure that uh, to coordinate a time with you to go through those. Also, our tithes and offerings, we have a basket in the back. Um, some of you might have noticed that we have a new little building outside here. It's been much needed because we are very low on storage here. So, um, you know, with, with COVID, it kind of took out some of our big projects we were working on. And so it, it kind of put everything to a halt, but we will be rearing to go, I'm sure, once Pastor Scott gets here. So that's going to take some money, right? So please don't forget to miss that or to uh, drop your tithe and offering in the basket. And if you're listening um, and you're not here this morning, but you're listening on the audio, you can do that by going to IlyriaChurch.org and you can tithe online. Just a couple of announcements. First of all, I see her. We have a new member in the congregation. She's so pretty. I haven't seen her yet. I haven't met her yet, but her name's Mary Rose. And she's just a doll baby with cheeks to pinch for days. She's just gorgeous. So make sure you congratulate them. Uh, that is just a blessing. We are so blessed here with beautiful babies. Also, there's going to be an SDMI council meeting on Tuesday, June 22nd at 7 p.m. So if you are on the SDMI council, please make sure that you attend that. It should only last approximately an hour, and you're going to meet once every three months. So you're really kind of getting off the hook here. That's only one meeting for one hour every three months. So count your blessings. And look at this. You're going to get refreshments. Doesn't this make anybody else want to be on the SDMI board? I know for me, I'm like, refreshments? Okay, I'm there. So contact Larry Little, and I have his uh, number here if you need it. Also, we have a couple of grads. Make sure you look at the bulletin board. I know that I walk past those and I never check them out. But if there is a graduation party that is open to the church, it'll be on that board. And I know Nathan Kleins is coming up. I have a, a date here of June 26th from 3 to 7 here at the church. And you're all invited. So please make sure you attend that. Also, can I be real with you for just a minute and be totally vulnerable and you won't hold it against me? Okay, you'll probably hold it. I know Darren will. He'll hold it against me. So summertime is a fun time, right? It's nice outside and it's just, you can just do all kinds of things, right? But to be honest with you, if I'm being really honest, it's my least favorite time here. And that's because I miss seeing all of your faces every week. And I know that we have vacations coming up. I know I've got a week of vacation coming up here in July, but I think the majority of us aren't traveling the entire summer. Is that a fair statement? So I think 
that I want to challenge you this summer to commit to being in the Lord's house on the Lord's day with the Lord's people. Can you commit to that this summer? Even if you're out of town. I know we're going to be going to Branson this summer, and we're looking for a church to attend that Sunday. It's something that we really enjoy doing, and uh, so I would challenge you to do that when you're on vacation, okay? It, it, do I still have friends out here? Yeah. Okay, because it's real quiet. I, I can't yeah. tell. <laughs> okay, let's stand and prepare our hearts for worship this morning. Dear gracious and heavenly Father, we give you praise this morning. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you that we have a privilege, Lord, in this country that we can be here and we can meet in the flesh and praise your holy name, Lord. You deserve all of our praise. You deserve our time. You deserve our efforts. And I just pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would come in this place, that you would be with us as we worship this morning, that you would be in the sermon, Lord. May our hearts and our ears be open to what you are saying to us this morning. We give you all the praise and the glory this day. Amen. has done great, great things. Let's worship him. Come let us worship our King.
Jesus.
go to prayer <clears throat> and I have a couple of uh, couple of requests we want to uh, remember uh, Terry I know you've been struggling uh, with that illness thing that <laughs> reflex stuff and we want to pray for you you're doing better that's good um, but we'll continue to pray for you it's good to see John in the back there good to have you back John and we're glad you're doing better um, 
I have a prayer, actually, for myself. This Friday, I go for an MRI on uh, trying to look at my neck and spine, and I have shoulder issues, and I can't feel <laughs> three of my fingers, um, so I'm dropping things all the time. Um, thing is, I went uh, to do it like at Christmas time, and I couldn't do it. I never had trouble with MRIs before, but I have trouble laying flat on my back now, just breathing stuff, and I had to, I couldn't do it, couldn't finish it. So this Friday, they have medication for me. <laughs> We're going to hope that that kind of knocks me out a little bit so that I can get through it. So just if you think of it on Friday, uh, 9.30, I go ask you to pray. Yes. Oh, you have tests on Tuesday. Norma, let's keep Norma. Uh, and prayer. And Luke's going to come down, so if there's anybody um, who has a prayer request, uh, he'll come around so we can hear you. Okay, any other requests? Okay. It's Kelly's mic. Hello. There you go. <laughs> uh, remember me in prayer as well. I have an MRI on Wednesday as oh, well. Oh, you're before me. Okay. Anybody else? I'm going to remember you in prayer. I'm sure there are many people that are still um, away and maybe not feeling good, and we want to continue to pray uh, for them. Those of you who are uh, streaming with us, uh, we want to continue to keep you all in prayer as well. And uh, so let, I'll tell you what, I know we were standing, but if you, if you can, and let's stand together and we'll, we'll begin our prayer. And then uh, Pastor Dave's going to come up and finish it <clears throat> as we, um, as we uh, pray. Father, it is just good to be here. It is so good to be in your house. Lord, when I think about this past year and... Uh, the, the time that we had to spend away. And I don't know, it was about eight or 10 weeks, but it was a long time. And I remember saying to myself then, I will never ever uh, uh, forsake the assembling because it is so important. And <clears throat> Lord, we learned, we learned some lessons there. And so it is good, Father, that we're able to be back uh, in your house this day, and we give you praise for that. Lord, we think of um, these requests that uh, have come to our minds, and I pray, God, for these MRIs, that you'll be with both Larry and myself this week. Um, really nothing to it. it just, it's just a little nerve-wracking, but I pray, God, that you'll help us and that you'll just uh, touch us, Lord, before we go in and that, Lord, uh, they'll be able to capture the things necessary for the doctors to be able to look at and to study and to know, Lord, what's happening. Father, I want to continue to pray for Terry. Um, Lord, you know she has uh, struggled with um, this esophagus issue, and I pray, God, that you touch her right now. Lord, we just ask that you give her a touch, and, Lord, we thank you because she's been doing so much better. Um, and I just praise your holy name for that. But, Lord, there's things that they'll have to do, and I pray, God, that you'll work uh, in, with the doctors and help them, Lord, to find um, a, uh, a procedure or medication, Lord, that's going to help her with this. 
Um, but Lord, we're asking for your touch right, right now. Father, we ask that you be with Norma, Lord, as she's going in for tests this week. And God, we just know that this is, this is yours. We were in Sunday school uh, talking about healing, Lord, uh, that our articles of faith, and I believe it's number 14, that uh, we believe that you can heal. And uh, because you are Jehovah Rapha, Lord, and we thank you that uh, you um, will be with Norma and just help her, Lord, to rest in you as these procedures are taking place, knowing that you have got this. And uh, Lord, we just give you praise this morning for all that uh, you're doing in our church. We pray for Pastor Scott, Kristen, Quinlan, and the rest of the family, Lord, as they transition and move. And Lord, we thank you uh, for all that you're going to do. We're excited about uh, what you will do in our church here at ECCN. And we thank you and praise you. Amen. Amen. We continue in prayer, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the reality that you are here among us. Thank you where two or more are gathered in your name. There you are also. We embrace that this morning. Thank you for what I heard Shauna pray moments ago. We do believe in a God who heals, restores, renews. So Lord, any and every person watching online or listening online or here this morning who needs a divine touch, healing of their bodies, of their mind, of their emotions, would you right now, Lord Jesus, in this moment, release from heaven to earth your power, descend upon us, Lord Jesus. As the withered man looked at Jesus, said, you can heal my hand if you are willing. And I thank you for your words back to him. If I am willing, in a moment, his hand was restored. Lord, in this moment, would you release that power again over hearts and minds and emotions and bodies that need your healing touch. I thank you for these days as anticipating uh, Pastor Scott's coming and his family. And we continue to hold them before you, Jesus, and ask that there would be a covering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as they prepare for this transition and moving and all the different uh, decisions to be made. We pray things will go smoothly, work out for them. But I pray in Jesus' name that you would minister to him and his family today. Be glorified. Thank you, Father. We believe that he is your chosen instrument for this hour at Illyria Church of the Nazarene, and we are trusting you to continue to work in his life. I further pray over these who have gathered here today, some new, maybe some guests here today, uh, some who had to be away, Lord God, but I pray covering over this church family that they will know this is the hand of God orchestrating these events. Come upon the church board in these days, the various councils and leadership groups that function, Lord Jesus. I ask that your hand absolutely 
guide and direct and give wisdom and discernment beyond what they heretofore have sensed to Jesus. We believe all that has been done in these past years under Pastor George's leadership and other pastors who preceded and all those different congregations and many who have gone on to heaven. Jesus, you know about all of that preparation for this day and time and in history. We need a church that's alive in Jesus Christ and the power of the Most High is invited and embraced and the presence of the Lord absolutely saturates gathering after gathering, service after service. So Father, we're simply today praying and petition but also praising you for your presence here today, for how you've worked in the past and how you're working now and how you're going to work in days ahead. These are challenging days in our country and really for our globe. But we're grateful that it's no greater than the power behind us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise your holy name. As we open the word, Lord God, let it come to life. May we hear today from you, not from me, but from you. Let me simply echo that which you have placed on my heart and continue to speak to me in these next moments. So God be glorified. It's in your precious holy name that we say, pray these prayers in faith believing. And we agree together by saying, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Are we good now? Yes. Amen. His name was Paul Tuck. An orphan, probably nine years old maybe eight, in a Nazarene orphanage in Nicaragua. This has been about 30 years ago now, a little more, that there was a group of us from the North Central Ohio District and several from the church I was pastoring at the time, and, and we made our trip down there, and that was quite an ordeal. But as part of our ministry there, um, we went to this Nazarene orphanage. And it's uh, not a brightly lit place, but very clean and well run. And uh, different students coming up to us. And uh, Paul Tuck seemed to seek me out. Um, and through all the things that children did some skits and they did some other things and I forget they may have served us some refreshments and but he just clung to my side and uh, at the end I believe they were taking pictures he was sealed to me and now he's starting to work on me okay <laughs> thinking in my mind what would Barbara think if I brought home a nine-year-old Nicaraguan orphan? What would she think? Well, as you know, it doesn't work that way. Well, we loaded up on the bus. And as the children were waving goodbye with their enthusiasm the way they do, if my memory serves me right, and I believe that it does, I see Paul Tuck just drop his head like this. And I realized here is a young man who doesn't have the amenities that most of us have known throughout our lives. 
He doesn't know who his parents are. He's in with a group of people and thankfully in a caring and environment, but nonetheless, what sense of identity did he have? I would guess very little. And even though it was for just a couple of hours or so, here was somebody that seemed to want to pay attention to him and smile at him. And even though we were different colors and so forth, it didn't matter whatsoever. We connected. And for that window of time, he had some sense of identity. That he is my friend, meaning me. But then when I left, his head drops and it's back to living without any sense of identity. Just one of the children who doesn't know who mom and dad are. Well, you don't soon get over something like that because uh, for me to remember it that well after all these years, um, I was 10 when I went over there, just so you know. That make me 40-something now. Online, we have to be so careful what information we put because there's this thing called identity theft. It's not just online. Don't let your social security number out and make sure you shred your, ma your junk mail or whatever. You don't just throw it in. And there's so many ways that people can get information and steal your identity. And I had a parishioner years ago that went through that. That she told me, she said, Pastor, it is absolutely horrific what I'm going through to try to protect my identity and what these people did to all my financial records and all of these things. So I want to ask us today, as the body of Christ, as individual followers of Christ, have we lost our identity? Do we know who we are today? And there's a part of us that says, absolutely, we know. I'm, you know, born again in Christ Jesus. Uh, the Holy Spirit sanctifies me through and through. Uh, I belong to such and such a church, and I've been a member there all these years. But then when the enemy rattles our cage, with whatever it might be, something global or something to our personal situation. Do I really know who I am to where I can go in the authority of Jesus' name to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and to the Holy of holies and say, Lord God, my world is all shook up. And I'm not quoting Elvis Presley, by the way, okay? If you're 50 and above, you know what I'm talking about. It rattles us, friends, when events unfold around us that can depress us or upset us, and we do well when we're around people or maybe at church, but then when we're out on our own during the week, in the middle of the night, it's as though I am paw tuck all over. I just seem to have no identity whatsoever, and the enemy pounds away at who I am in Christ to a point that I wonder have I been sinning some way and God is gone? And what I'm learning is those are prime moments. Those are prime moments 
in the midst of those attacks, in the midst of those, no matter how subtle or outright they might be, thoughts coming into our head and into our mind to, to get us to believe we have no identity. You might call yourself a Christian, but you know as well as I what you're like and on and on the lies go. And we feel powerless. John 10.10 10 says what? The thief comes only to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. Right? Does the verse end there? That's not fair. You can't, you're watching the screen. Come on. But I have come, meaning who? Who? Kelly, you need to work on this crowd. Where are you at? I'm just having fun. Jesus said this. And you know who he said it to? Well, the people back then. No, to us right now. Last time I checked the Bible, he said, it says he's unchanging. The same yesterday, today, and forever. So when Jesus says, I have come, that you at Illyria, that you sitting there in that seat today or listening to Hove, he meant you and me. I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly or have it to the full. Measureless grace and power and anointing can be ours. In and through Jesus Christ, who is our identity. When we are secure in who we are in Christ, it builds our faith. Uh, it builds our ability to overcome whatever obstacles come, whether there's something that the enemy places in our minds or, you know, you get a flat tire in your car. Oh, I hate to say things like that because I don't want to get a flat tire. I looked out the window, out our back window, and we're just south of Sandusky out on Route 4, and we have farms, one to our immediate north, one to the east, and the uh, sun comes up, and I work so hard in the garden to, I don't have a whole lot in there, but I got stuff that these little bunnies grow up to be rabbits seem to like, so I got my fence up, you know, the rabbit fence is real small down at the bottom. Now, I'm not protected from the deer, but thankfully they don't come around very often, the raccoons and all the other stuff. It's, it seems to be the rabbits. And I had just secured it this week, everything tight in every corner of about a 50 by 50 plot. Now, the whole thing isn't garden. It's just a few beds in there. <laughs> and I looked out yesterday morning with such glee, and I see a couple of bunnies. That, they're probably just a few months old nuzzling up against the fence. Now, mind you, they have acres and acres and acres and acres and acres of land that are planted with corn. I don't know if they don't like corn or what, but there's plenty out there to eat, and there's all sorts of grass and weeds if they wanted, or, or clover, there's just all sorts, and yet they want inside my garden. Can somebody tell me what's going on here? 
And I look out this morning, and there's a bunny on the inside. I'm getting dressed for church, and I said, Barbara, I'm going after him. She made some comment, but I just had to ignore it and get out there and get the business. So here I got my white shirt on, unbuttoned, and I have a T-shirt on under it, okay? <laughs> and I put some shoes on, I get out there, and I got him on the inside, and I said, you're in trouble now, and that rabbit is running for its life, and of course, they can really scoot. And sure enough, that rabbit found a way out. Well, the good thing is now I know where they get in and out, and I can fix the hole. But friends, about the time you and I think we have something just right, the enemy finds a way to break it down or a way in. He's always scheming, conniving, right? We don't live in fear of that, but we live in respect of it. We're aware of it. That's why Jesus told us so clearly. He came to kill, kill steal, and destroy. I don't think that's just a physical death. I think there are a lot of people, and all of us in that number before we knew Christ, that are dead. And he's stealing their identity in and outside of the body of Christ, if we allow him to. But I want to stand on the word of God today, where he says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, and it's not to be compromised. You can have all of me you want, just come after me with all of your heart. But there will be these times. Neil Anderson wrote this, the more you reaffirm, reaffirm who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will begin to reflect your true identity. That doesn't mean I'm cocky. That doesn't mean I'm egocentric. That doesn't mean I'm proud. It means just the opposite. I'm humbled and broken, and as I heard somebody say this morning, desperate for his presence all the more and the more i seek him and press into his presence the ebb and flow of life it will ha we have other interests and hobbies and this going on in our and all the time all the time i continue to re rehearse i have to rehearse in my mind whose i am and who i am in christ jesus and what that does is it gives me a freedom over what other people think of me and most of us have a high level of sensitivity of what the other people are doing. Other Christians, other churches, what, what the culture's doing. What do people think of me? What are the schoolmates or, or worker, other workers or other people? At church, what are they thinking of me? And we all have a certain level of sensitivity. And that can ap absolutely paralyze us social media, media or otherwise, but I want you to know today, if we truly know who we are in Christ Jesus, our first step of defense is to say, Lord, I worship you today. I know who I am in you. I don't deserve it, but you gave your life for me. My sins have been paid for. The enemy does very well of reminding me of past sins. He keeps taking me back to that graveyard. But the more I refuse to go and say, that's fine, you can rehearse that if you want, but it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. I am his. I walk in freedom. By the time we get to about the second thought, he's long gone. It's called resisting the devil, and he will flee from us. I better take a sip of water. Because I told you a couple of weeks ago, if I don't stay lubricated... I really preach long.
I was surprised there wasn't a whole row of water bottles the next Sunday. <laughs> so th three things real quickly. I mean, real quickly. Let me just give you the points so that you'll have them out there, okay? So if I don't necessarily cover them, you'll know. Identity assurance. In other words, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I, I, I am assured of my identity in Christ Jesus. The second is identity protection out of Ephesians 6. And of course, other verses too. Identity protection and then identity empowerment. It's a lifestyle. It doesn't need to be hard. A couple things about assurance. There's a number of passages here, and I'm just going to go to a couple of them, but one is Isaiah 43, verses 1 through the beginning of verse 3. Really, it's more than that, but but now this is what the Lord says. Now I know he's directing this to Israel. But as I understand it in Christ Jesus, we are all one. So it's as much for us now as it was then. It may have a little different facet of application, but nonetheless, it applies to us. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob. He who formed you, Israel. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned, or I have called you by name. You are whose? <laughs> whose? All right, some of you are starting to believe it. Come on, right? Pastor Dave, you don't know the mood I was in last week and how I treated some people. Maybe I should shut my mic off, but I just want to say, welcome to the human race. Right? I, I'm not excusing anything because I'm the first one to say I'm guilty. And there are plenty of times I have to go back to the well, as I call it, meaning the well of Jesus Christ, and say, or he comes to me, and he begins to deal with me about how you spoke to so-and-so or, you know, what your mood is like or your, what's your attitude. And by the way, I only have one day a week that I'm moody, okay? That's Monday, Monday. Now, if you've ever pastored or done anything like that, you know what Mondays can be like, okay? Especially back when we had Sunday school and double worship and Sunday night and sometimes prayer meeting that would precede Sunday night and I would come in and the children want my attention. <laughs> and I get up Monday morning and Barbara basically learned to lock me in the bedroom, just leave him alone for the day, throw in some raw meat and then... Now, I'm just simply saying, friends, we are going to have moments. I've been over emphatic here but we're going to have moments but let the Holy Spirit do his homework because 
we belong to him. That's where we get our identity. And if he's going, okay, David, you need to chill. You need to mellow out. Your attitude, the, some of the thoughts that you're having, you know, you're thinking negatively or you're being critical or whatever it might be. And the enemy, I think, tempts us into doing that. I don't know that we even need the enemy's help sometimes. And maybe we were reared in an atmosphere like that or there was something along the way that triggers that. I just want you to know that along the way, um, parents, grandparents, when your children, for those of you where they're already gone on, to their adult years and moved out and so forth. Um, when they misbehaved or they totally were, you know, you work so hard on that meal and they won't eat the green peas or whatever, it just, they're carrying on. Did you at that point simply say, okay, you're no longer part of the family here. I can't put up with that behavior. Did you ever do that? Were you tempted to? Remain seated if you were. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on, folks. Now, don't mishear me. Don't hear me wrong. That I am some way candy coating. If you do actually sin, you better, we better get to the well and take care of it. Come on. But I also believe that we, in our human weakness, will have our days or our moments and the Spirit will deal with us, and we may have to go back and make amends with somebody or simply make amends with Jesus Christ and say, how I've been thinking, how I've been behaving toward you, even Lord Jesus, I, I, I not only apologize, I repent. It's okay, amen? He knows our heart in that moment, and then peace is restored. It's a journey we're on. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have called you, I have summoned you by name, you are mine. And 1 John 5, 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. That's the amplified version of 1 John 5, 13. It's a verse of assurance of our salvation and therefore who I am in Christ Jesus. But to as many, this is verse one, uh, 12 of chapter 1 of John, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Amen. Romans 8, 14 through 17. I won't read it. It simply refers to the fact that the Spirit we have received brought about our adoption to sonship. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Friends, I think we have an identity today. Church, there's no reason for us, and I'm speaking this to myself as much as I am anybody. There's no reason for identity crisis in the body of Christ. That doesn't mean we won't go through seasons 
or times, dry times or times of struggle. But in the midst of that, Jesus is not going against us. He's working for us. The evidence is overwhelming. We don't need to question who we are, our identity in Christ Jesus. By God's grace, we can live secure in the fact that we are his. Every promise and attribute of God impacts our lives. This strengthens our desire and resolve to live fully devoted, sanctified, holy lives in Christ Jesus. I don't mean holier than thou, self-righteous. I mean broken, hungry, thirsty. I need more of you, Jesus. I would tell uh, through most of our ministry in a few different churches when I was associate pastor, but especially when I was a senior pastor, and by God's grace, thank you, Jesus, the church began to grow, and there's more people calling for your attention and want appointments, more meetings, etc. And sometimes I just couldn't take calls. I'd have to take messages. And, but I would say to those who answered the phones there in the office, if any of my children call or my wife calls, you let me know and you put them through. Now, that's not a pat on my back. I learned that from others. But they needed to know they were important to me. And that's true to this day. Now, they're grown and gone from the house. And our youngest left, it be two years in August, that he moved just a few miles across to uh, Seattle, Washington. Our baby. <laughs> Our baby! <laughs> Most of you, at least many of you, can either identify with that or know what I'm talking about. And so we were interim pastors in another church on our district during that season of time that he was making his transition and moving. And we had such great concern about his getting out there. And, and, uh, but he had everything figured out. Young people, you know, the online they've got, where they're going to live. And every piece of the puzzle put together. And as I recall, he had just arrived out there. And it's three-hour difference and. So any text, any email, any call that he might make, we're just, you know, want to hear from Micah. And uh, so I just get up to preach. <laughs> I had probably a minute or two into the message, and I believe I had it on silent, but nonetheless it pops up and there's Micah's face, FaceTime. And so <laughs> I just looked at the congregation and said, this is my son calling. He's, yeah, and, and they knew. Okay, they answer this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I answer the phone. And Mike and I are having, and Mike, I need to tell you, I just got up to preach. And he says, oh, Dad, I'm sorry. I'll go. Well, that's all right. Say hello to the people. So I did this, and they're all waving at him, and he's waving back, and so I said, okay, we'll connect later, which we did. Now, I wasn't saying that just to try to be cute or funny. I want you to know something. When you call on Jesus, he always has time for you. There's plenty of places you can call and get on hold. Right? You'd be passed from department to department. But there's one place called heaven. 
that there is a supernatural Savior, and his name is Jesus. And he's called you by name. He's called me by name. And he doesn't have to say, uh, oh, yeah, you were, or you messed up. The, no. What is it you need, Norma? <laughs> what's, what's, what's on your heart? Oh, you want to worship, or you want to praise, or you have a special petition, or you're about ready to go in for an MRI, or whatever the case. He's never too busy. You know why? You're one of his children. <laughs> and if, if God has a refrigerator in heaven, and I know he doesn't, but, well, I don't know that. It would have a really big door to have all of our pictures on there. Can you imagine that? My point is today, please don't leave this house of prayer and worship and teaching thinking that somehow or the other God has forgotten you. Now, we might forget who we are, but I believe this is a wake-up call for some of us today to realize our identity is in Jesus Christ. With all of our ups and downs and bangs and all that happens, I feel like that we should be able to leave church today. Which, by the way, what a wonderful environment. Again, I was just absolutely moved as I drove in the parking lot this morning. I walk into the foyer and people are laughing and talking and doing this and preparing for worship. It's just beautiful. But when we walk out of here today, we can walk, if you will, with a spiritual kick in our heel that says, I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And though I might be facing a habit that I, I need to get victory over, and though I might be facing some decisions that are very difficult, and there might be uh, financial issues or physical issues, but all the time I know this, my father knows too because he knows me by name. I am his. So I am not without identity, nor am I without resource of help and encouragement. His name is Jesus. I guess that was point one. of the introduction. I just mentioned that identity protection, if you sit down and really just soak in Ephesians 6, especially 10 through 17, it's all the tools of strengthening ourselves in the times of spiritual warfare. And that's so much of what the enemy comes against us with, is warfare to discourage us so that we won't have faith, so that we really won't believe that we're followers of Jesus Christ. We might be good people, we might be churchgoers, but we certainly, don't, our identity is, is a mess. I might be a mess, but my identity isn't. And that's not because of me, that's because of him. Come on, folks, come on. Amen? And then, by the way, the enemy, Satan, is absolutely powerless against Jesus Christ. He took care of that. Jesus took care of that at Calvary. 
especially on the morning of the third day. Roman guards, sealed tomb, whatever. <laughs> oh, boy, that's good. But identity empowerment. Baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I'm not trying to be Joe religious or Mr. Spiritual term or anything else. That simply means, Lord Jesus, when I gave my life to you, I got all of you. But when I took that that journey and you t taught me there's something more and we put different terms on it and but however you want to call it entire sanctification whatever you want to call it but i have all of him but in that step he got all of me <laughs> he got all of me and he continues to teach and sweep and guide and direct and shape but he not only purifies he empowers and that empowers my identity of who I am in Christ Jesus. Not Mr. Joe or Jane religious. No, I'm talking about not religion, but relationship with our Savior Jesus. Exodus 33, 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Whew. But pastor, that's Old Testament, I know. The New Testament doesn't replace the Old Testament. It fulfills it. So they work together in harmony. Psalm 16, 11, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Matthew 18, 20, we talked about it earlier, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Christine Kane as an evangelist in another movement. Um, I believe originally from Australia. But she pretty much preaches straight out of the word. And uh, I was listening to a message of hers back a few years ago, and she closed the message with this story. She said, um, my daughter's kindergarten teacher contacted me just recently and said there was an altercation in, that involved my daughter uh, apparently in the lunchroom that day. And the teacher went on to explain there was this skirmish of a young man, apparently, I don't know if it was show and tell or what, but she had a teddy bear with her, and this young man came up and ripped that teddy bear out of her arms, and he said, you are dumb, you are ugly. And as you can imagine, to a lot of young children at that age, that can be devastating from one peer to the other, and you wonder how, how can people or children be so mean? You are dumb, you are ugly, and... And uh, as the teachers explain all this, she went on to say to Christine, your daughter reared her shoulders back, looked at that boy straight in the eye, 
and said, No, I'm not. I'm not dumb. I'm not ugly. I am intelligent and I am beautiful because my daddy tells me so. working so hard to get us to feel dumb, ugly about ourselves. As followers of Christ, he's trying to rob us. He's a thief, isn't he? He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus is saying, listen to me, listen to me. Spend time with me because I will encourage you and help you understand that in me, you have a place to go. I am your savior. And you are not what the world tells you you are because you don't follow the ways of the world. You're following me. You're not dumb. You're not ugly. You're not this. You're not that. You are mine. And sometimes I think we just need to do like that little kindergarten girl and rear our shoulders back a little bit and maybe a lot. <laughs> and say, Satan, you are a liar. By the blood of Jesus Christ, I am a child of the King. And whatever it is that Jesus brings to your heart in that moment, and I can tell you when you begin to declare that, you'll begin, I believe, to see yourself as Jesus sees you through his lens of love, of grace, of mercy, of healing, and of growth and reformation and ongoing. No matter your age, young or old, man or woman, boy or girl, Jesus has a plan. He's allowing it to unfold right now. We're going to end the service with prayer. If anybody would like to come forward for any reason whatsoever, I welcome you to come. Lord Jesus, I believe you're in the house today. I believe you are here working. I believe, Jesus, that there have been some words spoken today, whether they were in song or something that was prayed by Shauna or myself, but something here today has triggered within many of our hearts, maybe all of us to a certain degree. Those online who are being a part of this service right now or they listen later, Thank you for the fact that we are who we are today because of who Jesus is and who he is in us and the work he continues to do in this life, in this journey called life. So Jesus, I present to you all of us. And I pray today that all of us will leave knowing we have been in your presence and reminded that you're always at work, you're always available, but you're bringing to pass what you want done in our lives to establish afresh just who we are in Christ Jesus so that we can live this life with a new level of assurance and understanding and hunger and desire to live for you all the more. May it so be, dear Jesus. And then I pray for anybody today who might be struggling with regard to a walk with you 
In fact, in their heart, their desire is to follow you, but there, there's just something there. Or maybe there's somebody listening today, or even here, that doesn't clearly have a testimony, understand what it means to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their life. And I pray if there's any person like that, that they would pray that simple but profound prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life today. Forgive me of any and all sin and iniquity in my life. And I believe in this moment you do forgive me. You come into my life. You wash me clean. And my identity now is in you. And my past is gone. It's under the blood of Jesus because you forgive me. And I take that by faith through your grace. And I will live for you all the days of my life with your help, dear Jesus. Oh, Lord, if there's been anybody who's prayed that prayer right now, would you seal it with your Holy Spirit, establish it in Jesus Christ our Lord. And it's in his great and holy name we pray these things in faith believing. Amen and amen. And can we give applause to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's a great, great God. He's a wonderful Savior. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, have a blessed day in the Lord Jesus Christ and a wonderful week. And uh, we look forward to seeing you, hopefully, a week from today. God bless you, friends.